Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam. This is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This episode's a little different. Uh, instead of me talking, I took the time to interview one of my self-mastery course subscribers and get a little feedback on his process. His name is Joe. Just see how other people go about making changes in their life. Joe's approach is a very almost casual one. Uh, Not a big agenda, not a big intent, but continues to chip away things in little five and ten minutes at a time. And in doing so, over the months, seen some changes, significant changes in how he feels in his life. And if you want to find out more about the self-mastery program that uh, Joe's engaged in, you can find it on my website at pathwaytohappiness.com. The first few sessions are free, so you can sample it and see if it makes sense to you for purchasing the course. At the end of the interview, I debrief for a little bit on why I think Joe's approach is been effective, one of the reasons it's been effective, and why other people who may try harder, it seems, or want to change more, or appear to want to change more, Uh, aren't as successful. So I'll be debriefing that at the end of the interview. And one other note on a technical aspect, the recording quality was pretty poor the first couple minutes, somewhat faded in and out. We got that corrected, so if you can get through the first four, four and a half minutes, it gets a lot better. This morning I have with me uh, Joe, Self-Mastery Course subscriber. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Gary. reason I asked Joe to join me on a phone call is I've spoken with you a couple times briefly on conference calls. Yep. Uh, I know you've been around for a little while. You'll fill me in on how long you've been doing this work on my program. But I just wanted to get feedback for people, real-life experience, what this work and process is like, what it what it's been for you. Each person's experience will vary. So, You, regular job? Yep. <laughs> regular got a, married, kids? I do. I'm a, I'm a lawyer, full-time lawyer. Um, have a wife of 12 years, two children, boy and a girl, uh, eight and five, uh, house, mortgage, dog, <laughs> white picket fence. They're, uh, really the fence? I seriously have a white picket fence in my house. Okay. So the outside picture of the American dream, what was going on that you said, okay, I'm going to go work on myself internally, on my beliefs? What was the motivation to get you started? Nothing really earth-changing like I hear a lot of people. I I didn't have any major life-changing event going on. Things Mm -hmm. were swimming along fairly well. You know, I've always had my share of... um, anxieties and inner demons, but um, there was nothing, there was no rock bottom I had hit like I hear a lot of people when they start uh, getting into changing their belief systems. It's just something I sort of fell into. I don't know where I first saw or heard, but uh, um, it just seemed attractive to me and it seemed like the, the offer of ways I might be able to uh, get rid of some of my beliefs that were holding me back would be something I'd like to do. Okay. 
Was there something specific you noticed about what do you mean by what was holding you back? Or things no, you again, wanted to do in your life that you weren't doing? Again, nothing specific. Uh, just anxieties and fears that I would come across my everyday life, my work life, my home life. You know, the occasional fight with my wife or the uh, anxiety at work based on whatever project was going on or whatever um, colleague or adverse party was upset. So those kind of emotional reactions. So when did you start the course? I started in November 2008 with the basic course. I went through that on the, at the normal pace and uh, signed up for the, for the advanced course. I actually signed up for it before I finished the basic course because I knew by, I, by the time I hit number 10 or 11 that I was absolutely going to do the advanced course and I wanted to go ahead and get in there before you raised prices. <laughs> so, and, but I like the flow. I like the pace that you sent those out. Okay, so it's February 2010. It's uh, 15 months later. What is different? What's changed? I feel I have much more positive emotional reactions and emotional equanimity throughout my day, always. Not absolute, but 50 times better than I did when I started the course, and getting better all the time. And getting better all the time. In fact, I have a couple of stories I can share with you for you know, actual milestone achievements. You got some stories, because these are the bread and butter. Let's take it out of the abstract. Give me the fur examples. What's different? Okay, in yeah, your, for example. In your experiences. Two concrete examples, and these both happened about a week ago. Mm -hmm. First one uh, has to do with traffic. And, uh, <laughs> you live where? I live in Atlanta. Okay, you know about traffic. I know about traffic, yeah. I commute downtown every day, and uh, it, it can be rough. And I'm naturally inclined, always have been, to be, don't enjoy traffic, and I always tend to get a little aggressive in my driving, and other aggressive drivers have always tended to really get me riled up. I had been noticing over the course that uh, traffic was affecting me less and less. The normal day, normal, normal just non-eventful traffic, even the stop and go, no longer bothered me. Uh, but the, and when I had a, an aggressive driver say cut me off, it would still bother me, but I was, I was able to see what was going on, take stock of what was going through my mind and through my emotions, and you know, implement some of the practices, the tools you taught, and to be able to come through that with a lot less emotional reaction, or even eliminate the reaction after going through the step. Okay. And then uh, about two weeks ago, I was cut off in traffic, driving to work, and it hit me that, you know what, this time I went straight to no reaction without even thinking about it. So after you didn't have the reaction, you noticed that you didn't have a reaction. Yes, and I noticed that I did not do anything consciously to get to that state. It just, that, that is now my natural state, at least that case, at least right. that one time. And since then, I've been cut off a couple of times, and it's still bugged me a little bit, but, you know, okay. that's, that's the nature of it. Okay. What's the other story? The other story was 
probably one of the most intense nerve-wracking uh, work situations I've been in in a couple of years where um, I've been caught on the phone at night with a lawyer from the other side on the deal I was working on. And this lawyer was not happy with the state of the deal, and he just started laying. And uh, I hadn't had a chance to talk with my client or the partner I'd been filling in for who was out of town. And, you know, it was a, the, the story started running in my mind of, you know, is, is he right? You know, I want to defend myself against this guy. Uh, and I'm worried about you know, what my client might think and what my partner might think. But I was able to recognize all this going on while he was chewing me out um, and, and, again, go through some of the practices I've learned with you and keep my cool. While you're on the while you're on the phone, you've got an internal track of your awareness, not buying into what's going on in your mind. Yes. Okay. Yep. And taking the steps to disarm or lessen the impact. I can't say when I got off the phone. I can't say I wasn't still a little riled up, wanting to get back to him, wanting to defend myself. But I was because I was conscious of what was going on there. And because I was going through some steps like uh, you know, accepting, uh, forgiving even, I was trying to do that while we were on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, focusing on my breath, <clears throat> I was able to hang up the phone and remain pretty calm and just lessen the impact greatly and not, start, not, not have any reaction with him, you know, trying to turn the conversation to be more productive for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work. You know, uh, in this case, but um, I got the phone instead of jumping out and worrying about different how different people and myself might react. You know, I was able to calmly take stock of what was going on and take the steps I needed to do and not worry about anything else. Work the problem. Exactly. Yeah. What's uh, what would have been your reaction, your experience, year and a half ago? Typically, I would have very quickly gotten into uh, his state of mind, the same state of mind, matched him word for word, toe-to-toe, going at it, telling him why he's wrong, why he's full of it. Um, and then, you know, I'd still be worried about what my client's thinking, what my uh, partner might be thinking, so I'd start getting on the phone, sending out emails, covering my butt, justifying what had happened and, you know, why I'm in the right instead of focusing on actual underlying issues. With and then I probably went to bed and was sleep that night. <laughs> oh yeah, it would have affected your sleep too. Yep. And this night, you know, I was again a little affected, but uh able to handle it very well and had a good night's sleep. Year and a half ago, what would have been the emotional state? Anger? Fear? You say fear and worried about what people think of you? Yep. Anger anger primarily and with some overtones of fear during the call, and then after the call, more fear kicking in from the different parties involved, from what their reactions might be. Fear, fear of the judgments and the repercussions, and yep, okay, yep, and yeah. anger, uh, immediate anger of being accused of something that I didn't agree with and didn't think I deserved, and didn't think he was justified, and finding my own things to criticize him about. Oh, lots of judgments about him running through your mind, keeping yes. you up at night. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's probably kind of nice not to have 
that going on on a regular basis then. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I was, and, and, and that was another thing that every time I have, even when I'm going through the analysis of doing this, rather than just having it happen naturally like that time in traffic, that adds another layer of, wow, I'm recognizing this. This is great. And another layer of gratitude for being able to recognize what's going on. And that takes away from the underlying emotional reactions and stories. And, uh, you know, it gives me something else to be happy about. And this is, these are two instances in the past week. Yep. And this is probably kind of a normal week. Or maybe nope. not a normal week. <laughs> no, no. Not, not quite. That's, that's why these stood out to me. I mean, again, the, this is the first time I had been cut off in traffic where I didn't even have any sort of reaction. You know, when I when I say normal, it's like you're under a normal amount of stress with and challenges with work and projects and driving and sure. paying the mortgage. Yeah, and. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, what okay. this type of toe to toe um, knockdown drag out fight is not typical. <laughs> okay, but it's not it's not unheard of either. Yeah. Okay, but then this is being more in the extreme case and being able to witness and be more present in this is a real kind of test then it is it's one thing to be able to be aware of what's going on when everything is quiet and peaceful it's another <laughs> thing to be aware and know what's going on and take stock of your stories and emotions when there's just a little bit of stress okay. but when you're in extreme stress and things really try to take over your mind and judgment and emotions that is um, I'm, I'm really happy and grateful that I was able to do this in such an extreme situation. What There's two examples of probably things you had in mind hoping to change when you started the course, self-mastery course. What, yeah. What kind of changes have you experienced that surprised you, mm -hmm. if any? I think I had some hope for this, but I, I didn't know if it would really work. You know, I've, I've heard before that the more I am able to um, be more conscious of my own emotional reactions and stories, the more that other people around me will naturally, I won't say mimic that, but uh, reflect that, I think. And um, I think I have certainly noticed that a little bit to my surprise at home with my wife and children. You know, that the less defensive and the less attacking I am with them, uh, the less defensive and the less attacking they are with me. Do they notice the change? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, I find that this work is not linear. It's not a snap change. What did you struggle with? What was a challenge that you, you had to work through in, in maybe an exercise or... Uh, you came back to repeatedly, uh, granted it's been 15 months, but so, so well, the, the were there I, doubts, fears, oh, this isn't working, throw it away for a while, maybe come back to it a month later. What was your process? I mean, was it, it wasn't, okay, listen to the audio session, magically I'm changed. Well, it was more like that than the, than the, uh, than the former. It was... 
Th this is not no. the answer I was looking for. <laughs> I wanted people to have a real kind of like, yes, I had to work through something experience story. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you how it worked for me, and then maybe you can find something in there where <laughs> that you like. Uh, okay. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't go in expecting miracles. I just said, this looks interesting. Looks like it might be helpful, and tried out the first course. Liked it very much, and thought that still thought it might be helpful. Uh, the first free session. So I went through the rest of them and, and found some help in each one, and each one encouraged me to continue the next one. And I never started, I never really started off saying that, okay, this is where I want to be in six months, eight months, ten months, two years, whenever. Uh, just you know, step by step, see what happens. Each one, I am enjoying each one, so let's keep going. And... I would find each session helpful, and I, I, I did the practices, the exercises, uh, pretty faithfully. I, I tried every one of them, almost every one. There's a, one, a couple written exercises. can't remember exactly which ones, but maybe a couple that I never did. Uh, but I, otherwise, I did, to some extent or another, pretty much all the exercises. And I, I thought they were all helpful, and <sighs> you know, some more than other. But I kept seeing improvement. And, you know, I also kept seeing places where, you know, I would get off, get cut off in traffic and get really ticked off. And a few minutes later, realize that, well, I got really ticked off. You know, I'm working to not do that anymore. But then I would say, but you know what? I'm at least recognizing now that I had this reaction and that maybe there is something I could do about that. And there again, I'd say, isn't that great? Okay. I'm grateful for that. To see your half and to see that I can change this. Yeah, to see Either. that I can at least be conscious of it. Okay, and that and being that, a step in the right direction. Yeah, and that to me, I've always, uh, and, and I, while I was going through the course, each, each exercise or each uh, session, I would listen to at least twice. Uh, I find okay. that's always helpful to me. Okay. You know, to do anything twice, and it was easier to listen to twice. Within and, the first couple of days of getting it? Yep. Yep. And uh, do the practice throughout. Throughout, and throughout after, that two-week period? Yep. Like, was it a daily thing for 20 minutes in your lunch? or? It just varied. Yeah. Because um, so some of them you do while you're talking to people. Some of them you do while you're by yourself and you can be in your car. And some of them do, you know, the, there's different modalities. So. Yep. And some of them, like, for example, I think I was at a seminar one time during the practice on uh, taking stock of your emotions as the day goes by, mm -hmm. and that was perfect. You know, I'm sitting there, I could still pay attention to the seminar, and that was easy. And other things where, you know, writing down personal biography, you know, that's, that takes more effort. Uh, mm -hmm. But even, even things like that, I would ne it, it never really took large amounts of time out of my day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even there, I would sit down for five or ten minutes at a time, maybe two, three days in a row, maybe one day, maybe skip a few days. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, nothing ever that really I had uh, you know, less time than going to the gym, you know, okay. less time after the day. Yeah, never and, a two-hour block of nope. intensity. Yeah, five and no. ten minutes at no. a time. Yeah, just what I felt like doing, you know, and it was easy. And, uh, and it always felt like I was being productive. And then, uh, you know, I went straight from the basic course to the advanced course, doing the same sort of method, listen at least twice during the during that time period until the next one came, doing the practices. 
And I started somewhere along near the end of the first series, the first course, I would start going back and not necessarily in order, just start listening, reviewing some of the older courses, the older mm -hmm. sessions. Mm -hmm. And I did that throughout. Um, I can't remember if I stopped. Before. I think I might have done this before I started the first advanced course. I think I listened to all of the basic ones in order, mm -hmm. get a good refresher course, and maybe even redone some of the exercises. Uh, and then I went through the advanced series, and while I was doing that, I would again occasionally go back to the earlier ones, both in the advanced and the basic series. And uh, after I finished the advanced series, which was I think in August 2009, mm -hmm. I, think, uh, I think I waited a couple of weeks to take a little break, mm -hmm. and then I think I sat down and went through them all, I believe in order, okay. another time. And since then, uh, I've been going back to them just in varying order. And sometimes because of specific target, uh, for example, um, um, forgiveness, you know, that's one of, my, one of my favorites. I'll go back to that one and, you know, just brush up on that. Getting back to the initial question, I've never really felt frustrated at all. Interesting, though, your expectations, you manage those. You didn't have expectations. You put them aside. You say, let's just see what happens. Let's practice this and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. That's probably the most uh, beneficial piece then I'm going to pull out of this for people uh, because that expectation bit is usually, oh, I want to be here. This is what I should be doing. This is how I should be. And the mind interjects, I should be there already. Yeah. And so now on the first day you're judging yourself before you've given your, yourself a chance to practice. And and so you, and, you you feel like a failure before you've ever learned anything. Yeah, and so, I did have some of that along the way. Okay. Uh, but there again, I, I, every time or most of the time that would happen, I would just glom on to the fact that I was conscious of that and conscious of that judgment and say, oh, good, this this is progress. Being conscious of judging myself, that's progress, and I'm grateful for that progress. And you could dismiss it. You didn't put any, any power behind it. Uh, I as could you diminish its it. effects. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I could, it wouldn't go away, but I could say that, okay, I'm still a, a little upset that I'm still judging myself or feeling victimized or letting okay. the expressing okay. this venom. But when I would focus on the fact that I'm recognizing it and I'm grateful for that, the other effect would greatly diminish Use, use that awareness to, to shift your emotional state, your attitude. Was it revealing to go back to earlier sessions and re-listen to them after several months? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I, I pick up new things every time I listen to them. And I, I still listen to them. I go back and listen to different sessions, and I'm still picking up new things. Okay. That's... I would say a good way to go about it because we won't we won't hear everything the first time or even the second time. No. I'm curious, what other work have you done as far as a process, a personal growth process? Well, that, I think that's a great question because I think that can really point out the way I the differences I see. Yeah, I have um, uh, never really practiced much religion growing up or in my adult life. 
Um, came from a basic Christian background, but not a very practicing background uh, for my family or myself. Um, and it's probably, well, probably about two years ago. Again, I don't know how. I think I just sort of stumbled into it. Uh, I did start, I, I've never been exposed to any Eastern religions or philosophies, but I did start getting some exposure somehow. And um, more of the westernized version, like, um, can I mention some of the authors that, you know, yeah. I've, I've mm-hmm. not really read books because I'm, I'm more of an audio person. I like listening to the audio books, but uh, uh, Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, um, Joan Borisenko, Greg Braden, and, and found them very um, resonating. You know, something that, you know what, this is something that I've really sort of, a lot of the philosophy, which I think um, I hear a lot in, in some of your lessons. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of that really resonated with me, thinking that, you know, this is something I've always felt in myself, in my heart, since I was a child, but never knew that billions of other people <laughs> felt the same way. Right. <laughs> and, um, but, again, it was, it was great to hear, and it, it, it resonated, and I agreed with a lot of it, and I said, okay, yeah, you know, you know I want to start putting some of these philosophies and uh, courses of action into my life, you know, like living with gratitude and uh, forgiveness. Uh, but the big problem was how. <laughs> how do I do that? It's, it's easy to talk about it and say I'll do that. But, again, once I get in traffic and get cut off, all that goes out the window. And the, and, <laughs> and the you are the only, you know, you are the only course teacher um, in the process. Is the only process I've seen that brings you on those step-by-step actions to take to get you there to put those philosophies in action. And it really worked for me. Now, I, I don't know if part of it is, you know, maybe I have an analytical mind and I need those analytical steps and practices. And, and also I know I learn by doing. And how do I take in those big steps of going straight to emotional non-reaction or forgiveness or love or gratitude? You know, I, I just never able to do that until going through these step-by-step actions bit by bit and then putting them together slowly into where now it's becoming more a part of my natural response uh, rather than going through a, a process. Yeah. That's that's why it's called pathway to happiness because mm-hmm. you can do it a lot of easy steps instead of trying to make one giant leap. Mm. It's the easy way to walk there instead of trying to jump there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Okay. Um. Anything else you want to share? Been good stuff so far. Can't think of anything else. Nothing else I should ask? Oh, yeah, there's one other thing I'd like to share with you. Um, okay. About the process, and this is, I think, just uh, specific to some people. Uh, getting into your, your last course on the unconditional love, and you know that's one I go back to often, uh, the meditation on unconditional Oh, and in I the in the advanced series, in the advanced series, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. In fact, it's when I think about it. Three of the ones I go back to the most probably are the first one in the in the initial gratitude, mm-hmm. the last one in the initial forgiveness, and the last one in the advanced of unconditional love. Okay. And those 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 
form, I guess, my three-legged stool the, the most. Uh, everything else, very helpful and go, go back to a lot also, but those to me just seem to be the most natural and most helpful. Okay. Um, but and when you're in the discourse one on the unconditional love, and you start talking about wrapping in the previous lessons of uh, being able to generate your own emotions, your own emotional reactions at will, mm-hmm. and and then you say, you know, your preference, I think you said, is that why go with anything else other than joy and love? And um, to me, I also do some amateur acting, which I've done for a couple of years now. Uh-huh. And that is a really, the, the key to that is to live emotions. And so I'm finding the key, that. The key to acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the keys is, yes. is to live emotions, right. get in the emotion, generate that emotion yourself, and you can then affect other people, mm-hmm. which you know is part of the enjoyment of watching something on a film or theater. Is it, it, yeah, it makes what that that character and actor is playing powerful is the emotion. Yeah, yeah, and you can't fake that. <laughs> you know, people that try to act mad, you can see that, and I can see that now. I never knew that, but I can. You know, when I'm with a good actor, and they are living that emotion, it raises the hair on the back of my neck. And that's my test, is, is, is my hair raising. Otherwise, you know, you're just pretending. But you can, and even through... Because we, we can perceive that emotion. I know, isn't it amazing? It, even through film, we can see that when it's on the screen. You don't even have to be in the same room. Like, wow, I can feel that emotion. How, how does that happen? Yeah, through the television, yes. Yeah, that's, that was a, a, just a stunning part to me to learn, but... Um, but I, I, you know, that's one another thing great about this course yeah. is that I'm I'm able to generate emotions better, and I choose to generate that emotions, and and you know, not just in acting, but also in my day to day life. Is yeah, it's it's I do really enjoy being able to go through life with more equanimity, but sometimes it's fun just to go on a roller coaster ride and strap on the emotion of fear or anger, <laughs> and kind of like watching a movie, particularly on stage or whatever the venue right. but and that's yeah. the way and you know to play exactly life is a play and uh, <laughs> and and I'm able more now to treat it like that more throughout my day to say like okay if I see this situation that's really getting my goat I can step back and say you know, go through the processes and and, and generate a emotion that I, I prefer like uh, love gratitude whatever it is forgiveness mm-hmm. but then I can say but you know what since this is the play anyway, let me go ahead and let that anger come through a little bit and experience that anger. Mm-hmm. Just experience it. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. like. And I'll do that for a while and say, like, okay, that was fun. Now I can stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think off that also, just doing that acting, I think, sort of helps out with this process, too. Because when I'm in a scene, and I know that's a scene. I know I step out. And I can analogize that. I've even written uh, some bits of the story or screenplay. And the same thing, you know, it's, that's kind of what life is, and I can step out of it, and the more I do something when I'm acting and going in and out of the scene, the more I can bring that into daily life. I think you're starting to see it all a little bit more clearly, the divine comedy of it all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you really have that awareness, yeah, you start to understand the the divine comedy perspective of the 
the daytime dramas people are creating. Yeah, yeah. And it's sometimes and it's, amusing, and it's, sometimes heartbreaking. Yeah, and it is almost always just make-believe. Mm. I say almost always, but a lot of it, a lot of it is make-believe that mm. we have an opportunity to change. Questions for me? Um, no, nothing, Gary. Again, I've, I've just been so pleased with the process. Okay. I don't know if I have any suggestions for improving. Okay. Joe, thanks for taking some time out of your day and uh, sharing with me and a few other people about your process in the self-mastery course and how you made it work for you in your pathway to happiness. You're very welcome. Thank you for providing this. I'm uh, just finishing up editing this piece from Joe in the interview. And I wanted to make some comments because I think his experience is a good example of something. And that is the difference between importance and urgency. You know, I get emails or requests from people that says, I have this issue, some emotional reactive thing that's destroying their relationship or going to get them fired from work. And they want to know, what can I do right now? I need to change this. Well, maybe we can have a, a phone call. Maybe we can have a, a flurry of phone calls in two or three sessions and we'll find it. Maybe we won't. We'll flip that switch. When I say, you know, I don't teach people how to solve one thing. I teach people the skills so that they can find the issues and solve it themselves. You know, because if they have an issue, you know, next month or next year, they got to call back and we've got to go through more sessions and I've got to solve it for them. Give them the, as if one could, the one sentence of wisdom that will cause them to go aha and let go of a 10-year emotional habit. In any case, I understand the urgency. They're in crisis. They want to change really bad. Right then, because they're in pain right then. And typically what happens when I work with people like that is we'll do a session, coaching session. We'll do one or two. We'll do three. A month later, they don't call me up, they don't email me, we don't schedule an appointment. Where's the urgency? Well, they got busy with other things. Um, the relationship broke up, they lost their partner, so now it's a non-issue anymore. Assuming it'll never happen again in their next relationship. That their behavior has gone away because that person's gone away. They failed to notice that that pattern has been there before and will probably be there again. The point is, with those people who try to address these things urgently, immediately, I find that they don't give it much importance. In the moment, it's very important. It's their number one thing they have to change. But that importance doesn't last a week or a month. The emotion is driving the urgency. Their fear is driving the urgency. Their fear is demanding change right now. Literally, their fear is in charge of the change. 
Well, fear is in charge of the change. It's probably not going to be very effective. When things are really important for you to change, it's more important to get it right. It's more important to make the change than to make the change right now. To have some answer right now. Matter of fact, for those that it's most important to, there is a resolve that it doesn't matter how long it takes. It's not even an issue, the timing. That's when it's important. In a way, there's no urgency that's driven by fear. There's another part of the mind. It's not emotional. It's not as emotionally reactive. And there is resolve from your will, your intent. I'm changing this. Those are the people who stick with it. Those are people who put in the effort, who are not deterred by uh, the ups and downs of a personal process of learning, of trial and error. They're not deterred. They're like, okay, I fell down. Well, let's see what I learned from that falling down. Oh, okay, now I get up. And stronger because I worked my muscles in standing up again. I think Joe's attitude, even though his approach is somewhat casual, and it's 10, 15 minutes a day, not every day, pretty regular basis, but not even every day, sometimes a couple of days off in a row. But he would continually return to these issues of what's going on in his mind, his belief systems, his emotional reactions. And that consistency that some might call persistence, but I'll just call it consistency because persistence assumes some kind of hard work. You really had to work. Well, that's... Some people, sometimes. It doesn't seem that Joe's approach is one of uh, hard work and persistence. It's more one of consistent curiosity and exploration. And some people approach this process of change more in a curious way. They're like, well, this is interesting. Let's see how far this goes. But their curiosity is consistent their endeavor to explore what's going on in their mind, their emotions, and how much it can change and how far they can grow emotionally. It becomes like a game that they play within their own mind. But they're playing the game and changing their mind instead of their mind playing a game on them. So I don't even know if hard work and persistence are always the right words. Sometimes fun, consistent fun, can lead to change. More important that it's consistent. And I venture to say that a very, 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 very small minority of people have on their to-do list today something that will help develop their own happiness. 
And why is it not on their to-do list today? Not important. There's ways to make bold changes quickly. But those approaches aren't necessarily appropriate for everybody, for every issue and every circumstance. And so I don't do it that often anymore. And if I do do it, it's generally with someone I've been working with for a while because A, they then have the skills to address things that are going on in their belief system, their emotions with a precision that's necessary. I generally do it in person. And with someone that I've developed a relationship of trust with. Because I find that at times in the past when I, uh, even when people would ask, you know, I really want to go after this. And I would walk them through to the underlying issues. They'd run from it because they weren't ready to deal with the emotion of it. They didn't have the skills to look at that belief and feel comfortable in the acceptance of it. Um, they were too easily tempted and lost their attention to a self-judgment about it or into a victimization about it. And this is very much the case with people who are urgently trying to make changes. They don't have the skill because as much as they want to make that change now, they're approaching it from a fear point of view. Well, if we get to the real issue, they're probably going to look at that from some kind of judgmental or victimization perspective or denial because those different aspects of the mind are controlling their attention. Just in the same way that fear is controlling their attention through this sense of urgency. That's why I like to work with people so they can develop the skills and have the necessary control over their attention. In a way that you might see in, in the story of Joe, the way he was describing his experience. I like Joe's reference to uh, you know, even less time than going to the gym. We... We wouldn't go to the gym and say, okay, I need to hire a personal trainer. I need to get in shape this week. There's an awareness that you need to build a muscle, aerobic capacity, endurance. Doesn't happen a week. Doesn't even happen in a month. And I think that's a better parallel to looking at real successful emotional change. Getting in shape emotionally means a consistent practice. Even if your approach is an average of 10-15 minutes a day, that is a consistent practice. You're going to be a lot further along than if you tried to bust through all this stuff in one week. And you can't build up endurance in one week. You can't build up in strength in one week. 
You know, your body's only going to get conditioned so far in that one week. Urgency doesn't work at the gym. But importance will make for real changes. And importance will be seen in a consistent approach. So the question I have for you to consider is, is your desire to make emotional changes or be happier in your life and get rid of fears, is it important to you or is it urgent? And if it's urgent, how long has it been urgent? You know, and when does that urgency fade? Urgency is usually driven by just the emotional reaction of the time. And notice how urgency gets in the way of resolve. And resolve hmm, gets urgency and fear out of the way. And that's what I'm taking out of my interview with Joe, Self Mastery Course subscriber, who's done a lot to overcome his anger and other emotional reactions and actually developed some real mastery over his emotions to play with them as he chooses instead of them playing with him. So if you want to know about the exercises that uh, Joe's been engaged in, they are part of the self-mastery course on my website. First few sessions are free. You can also find out more about these exercises and practices from my book, MindWorks, a practical guide to change thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. The book stands alone. The course stands alone. They do overlap. They both talk about some exercises. Uh, they do it in a different way. I'd say in the course online, it's more in-depth. It's kind of like the online workbook that walks you through step-by-step step all the practices. And the book covers the practices not as comprehensively. It certainly doesn't cover all the practices in the course. But it does come at it from a different angle. And, uh, and, and I think they work really best complementary, but uh, start with one or the other. It's the best way to go and see what works best for you. And there's no urgency that you get started. But for some people, it might be important to you to be happy in your life. This is Gary Van Wormerdam from PathwayToHappiness.com.